Also, if you would, while you're turning to Romans 11, chapter 29, turn to Ephesians chapter 1, also not in your notes. You will see it on the screen, um, but I really felt uh, a fresh uh, revelation and a fresh statement that God wants to make before we dive into the series called The Two Keys to Becoming an Excited Extravagant Giver. In Romans chapter 11, verse 29, it says, For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. I'm going to read that again. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. What this tells us is that you are gifted and you are called. And nothing changes that. Many people come and say, I'm not as talented as someone else. Doesn't matter, you're gifted. There's an anointing of God, there's a presence of God that has been established in your life, not only in your mother's womb, but before the foundation of the earth. We have to get in our minds an understanding of who we are and what God has done, that it is a done deal, that you are gifted and you are called. In Ephesians 1, I want to read this scripture. Normally we don't read this large amount of scripture, but I want to read to you verses 3 through 19. And I want you to think two keys of becoming an excited, extravagant giver. The reason why that you are gifted and you are called is God's got a plan. He has planned your life. He has planned every one of your days. He has set that apart that your gifting and your calling will function and succeed. But there is a process in the kingdom of God. There is a way in the kingdom of God that God does, has set up, that does through and in you, that when you're obedient to that, what takes place is you will see the blessings of God in your life, not only from your past, but in your, pre in your present and for your future. In Ephesians 1, verse 3, I want you to see what it says here. We're talking about that we're gifted and we're called and we are extravagant givers. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Everyone say, before the foundation of the world. Before the foundation of the world, you were gifted and you were called. You can't mess that up. I don't care what you've done in your past. You can't mess it up. It's irrevocable. You are blessed with gifts. You are blessed with a call. That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestined, done it before, us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. You confess Jesus Christ as Lord, and you have enacted your gifts and your call. To the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made 
to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. The key of becoming an extravagant giver is understanding that there is a greater purpose that you have than yourself. Selfish people only think of themselves. That in the dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. That we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his, everyone say it, calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? And you need to read all six chapters of Ephesians to really understand the power of what he's talking about there in Ephesians 1. In other words, before the foundation of the world, you were called and you were gifted. But God's plan was for you to give it away. God's plan was for you to realize that who you are, what you're called to be, nothing that's happened in your life can hinder this. It's irrevocable. It is there. It's a done deal. And we need to rise up in the re revelation of that is there is a greater purpose in your life other than yourself. And when we recognize that there is a greater purpose, then the first thing we must understand is that we are givers. God so loved the world that he gave. We are created in his image. We're created in his likeness. God loved us because that's God, character. We're created in his image and likeness. You see it all through the Bible. It's streamed all through the Bible. But the reality is, is that, that many churches do not preach the ability to be an excited, extravagant giver. Because when we talk about giving, we only think about money. God uses money as the example of being extravagant in every area of your life but you are called and you are gifted and the ability of letting it happen in your life is to become an extravagant, excited giver. Second Corinthians chapter nine, you can turn to that. 
And as you're turning there, the Lord has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. He has gifted every one of us. He has blessed us. And the Bible says that we are peculiar. And you know how in the English language, words change, the meanings of words. Bad used to be bad, now it's good. And all different things, but the bottom line is that you are peculiar. The word peculiar means that you belong exclusively to the same person or to, the some, to some person. You belong to Christ. That's what Ephesians 1 said. From the foundation of this, before the foundation of this earth, God called and gifted you. He set it apart for you to have his character, to have his ability, to be able to accomplish these things. And in that, God so loved the world, you begin to walk in love because you understand God's love. You're creating his image. You are love. And now the next step of, of being successful in every area of your life is to become an excited, extravagant giver giving in the kingdom of God. So we started a couple of weeks ago, and let's, let's just go over a few things that we talked about last week, and we will continue in this series on how do we become that extravagant giver? How do we need to think? Actions that we need to take in becoming this extravagant person. In 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6 through 8, it says, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully, so that each one give as he purposes in his heart. Remember, your purpose is greater than yourself. Your purpose is the giftings and the calling of God to be given away. For God loves a cheerful giver. He doesn't want us to be grudging or, you know, or because of necessity. Some people give because they want to get something out of it. For God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound toward us, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. This is talking about the future. This is talking about when you plant today, when you give today, it will meet you in the future. And we talked about that. Paul, apostolically, is trying to help the Corinthian church of overcoming their hesitancy or their objections to giving. We've all faced that. Remember the rhyme last time? What you consume goes kaboom. What you keep goes to sleep. And what you give lives. The only thing that lives and produces after itself is what you give to God, what you give in the kingdom of God. We understood that, that uh, there are things that we have to do when God gives us seed that we need to eat, we need to go to the grocery store, we need to pay our bills, we need to, uh, you know, get, get the house or the rent or whatever we need to do to, that you give, it, it goes away. And we also understand that, that when you save and you're saving for retirement or saving for things, that uh, it is dependent upon man's economy. What the economy is doing of the day, that's what you will return back. But we understood that when you give into the kingdom, it will always meet you in the future. See, what you give to God, money, ability, love, etc., is the only thing that's guaranteed to meet you in your future. 
And here's what we said. The key to meeting your future needs is in planting your present seeds in the kingdom of God. Pastor, though, we, we have children, we have grandchildren. Pastor, I have desires. I want to retire. I want to have a business. I want downtime. I want to go on vacation. I want to do all these different things. I understand. I'm saying to you, if you sow bountifully into God's work, you will meet a bountiful harvest in your future. If you love your children, if you love yourself, if you love your family, love God, plant seed, and you will meet it in your future. It's going to be there for you. Luke chapter 6, verse 38 says this, Give and it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom. For, what the, for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. What we give in the present day is what we will receive in the future. You know, I've realized when I began to give, I had a bad attitude. How many of you had a bad attitude? When you heard a preacher say, today we're gonna receive an offering. Oh, geez. Because the day before you just paid all your bills. I had a bad attitude. Because what I did is I measured, watch this, I measured my giving pertaining unto how I thought people were. And growing up as a child, I thought people in church were fakes. Tell you why, I'll tell you again. I've said this story before. It's because I used to have a good friend that he'd come over to my house and he'd have, he'd have welts on his back and, and black eyes and stuff like that and, and uh, because his mother would beat him when she got angry. She was on medicines and, and at times with the medicines she would get angry and, and chase the kids around and she'd trap them and she'd beat them. And he'd come over to my house and sometimes he'd stay at my house. But that same woman would be in the church that I would go to in Sunday school and she'd be dancing around in the church, praising the Lord and everything. And I saw that compared to what church was. And so throughout my childhood, I had a call in my life. I had a grandmother. My mom went to church every Sunday. I had a grandmother that just loved God with all her heart and constantly talk, you know the story, talk to me about ministry, about all the things of God, but I always had it in the back of my mind, and actually it wasn't in the back of my mind, it was in the forefront of my mind because I saw it, and it made me angry. And then you go to church and some pastor would say, well, he's out there, look at him, he's, he's, in a, he's got a nice tie, he's got, you know, why am I giving, why am I paying, because, you know, you know how it goes. Some of you have been there. Some of you think that way. Why is that? Because in your life, you measured things not from the spiritual, not from that before the foundation of the earth you were gifted and called, but you measured things according to how you feel and the hurt that's in your life. I had a bad attitude. Some of you might be saying, I do too. And I'm still struggling with that. I understand that. That's what Paul was doing. 
He was writing to the Corinthian church, and he was trying to break them of their objections of giving and being an extravagant giver. But let me tell you, it is everything that Paul was teaching apostolically, it is for today. He was writing for today. He's trying to break that out because this is how we realize that if we sow bountifully, we will reap bountifully because we give into the kingdom of God that our future will, will be taken care of. Some of you have come in here and you're wondering whether you can pay your next month's rent. Some of you know people that you have helped because they couldn't pay their rent. And the reality is, as you're looking at this and saying, how in the world am I, am I supposed to do this? We have to understand that we are called and we are gifted. But each year, more and more, the word of God in my heart began to realize, and, and, and Terry and I, you know, as a couple, but I can speak to myself, I haven't reached the pinnacle of this yet. I haven't reached the pinnacle of this. There's a joke in our, in our marriage here is that, you know, sometimes Terry has to remove some money out of her purse because every time she goes to church, she gives all her money away either in the offering or to someone. She doesn't actually do that, but that's a joke that we, that we talk about because we want to be extravagant. We want to be what God's called us to be. We understand that we are gifted and we are called. I'm not gifted like you. There's so many things you do so much better than I do. There's giftings in you that I'm just so amazed I was sharing with some of the singers here. I said, I pointed at someone because I know some of the things that, that uh, had transpired in the last few months. And, and I looked at it, I was so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Because they're so gifted and, and they've, they've allowed to be an extravagant giver of their gifts. Even though at times you go through the messiest, hardest time of your life, but when you realize that you're gifted and you're called and you understand how to be a giver, an extravagant giver, everything of your life is not yours. There's a greater purpose. It's the kingdom of God. It's the kingdom of God. So when you give to the kingdom of God, that's how you keep that money alive. It's not gone. When you go to McDonald's, that money's gone. It's in your belly. And I won't say anything more about what happens to that. Some would say, Pastor, I have no friends. I feel lonely. Proverbs 18.24 says, A man who has friends must himself be friendly. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Come to a Bible study. Be friendly. You know, you watch people who, who are lonely. They'll come to a Bible study, and they'll go sit in the corner, and they'll go, one, two, three, four. What are they doing? They're counting seconds how long it takes for someone to say hi to them. When they should be going, the moment they see somebody, walk up to them and say, hi, my name is so-and-so. Well, I, 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 I'm not that way. That's not my personality. God's given you a personality. God's given you gifts. Give it away. 
You've allowed life, you've allowed stuff in your life to keep you and to corner you into a corner thinking that you're worthless and you're no good. You have no friends and, you're, and there's nothing for you. And I want to tell you, in Jesus' name, break that by becoming a giver and understanding who you are. Be friendly to your neighbor. Now, we, we live around a lot of the Asian culture. And in the Asian culture, the culture is, is that there's a high honor and respect. And so even when they walk, you know, down the, the street, it's not a California culture, which that is out of fear sometimes, but it's a, it's a culture of honor and respect that they don't even look at you, especially the women. And so when we're around, I'm running down the street or whatever, I will say good morning, good morning, good morning, you know. And, uh, you know, for me to be foolish or think, well, how do you say good morning? I know that in Chinese or whatever, Mandarin, you know. That, that, no, good morning. I'm not placating people. I'm giving of myself. What I'm saying is stop looking at the pimple on their face and look at their face. Be friendly for the purpose of showing the gospel. It becomes alive. The reason why I'm friendly to those who are at the fast food restaurants, who are at the restaurants, the waiter, the waitress, all the different things is because I'm always asking, Lord, is this time to share the gospel? Is this a reason to share the gospel? Do you get to know people in that area? Some people say, well, pastor, I know that you're talking a little bit about finances. Uh, you know, I'm on a fixed income. No such thing in the kingdom of God. Fixed income. Let me give you a testimony of North Carolina. And I, I called her a couple months ago. And uh, she's a blessing. She sends me a birthday cake every year. She wanted to give $50 to an offering we were receiving at the church. And, and there was a lot of physical and health problems with her husband and with herself, and a lot of money was going out, and she was pulling money out of her retirement and different things to pay for all the bills. And she prayed, Lord, I want to give $50 to this. And what she did, what she told me, she canceled her call waiting, and she canceled her, her cable and all the non-essentials. And she said she was going to do it for nine months so that she could give this in her budget. A week before the offering, she'd already planned it. She already had the money set to give. She had it in an envelope. And the government called her and said, listen to this, the government called her and said, we have been underpaying you and we're sending you a check for $2,500. Also, what you now will be receiving is $1,300 more a month. No such thing as a fixed income. No such thing as no friends. She's going to give up these things for nine months. And she did. She canceled her cable, she canceled the, these things, and, and she gave, and she did that, even though she was getting more money and she could afford it now. But she honored what God had put in her heart 
and being an extravagant giver. That was an extravagancy that she had never done before, $50. Some of you in this house have some of the best friends you've ever had because you gave of yourself at the church. You gave of yourself and you became friendly. And now you're abundantly blessed. God loves a cheerful giver. Why? They understand the nature of anything given into the kingdom. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10, it says, Now may he who supplies seed to the sower. The question is, here it is, listen to this. Who does God supply seed to? He supplies seed to the sower. A sower is one who gives to God's kingdom. You see, God is committed to you to supply seed to as much as you are committed to sow. Now, let me tell you, we, we've talked about this. God will give you seed, and, and some of the seed you're going to have to eat. Some of the seed that God gives you, you're going to have to save. But it's dependent upon the world's economy. But when you give it into the kingdom of God, it will meet you in the future. And, you know, we, we constantly struggle, like I did, some of us, because... You know, of the attitude towards giving of finances, but God uses the giving of finances to let you know this works in every area of your life. A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. I don't know why I don't get along with so and so. Well, you walked up to him and told her you didn't like her dress. Don't tell a woman you don't like her dress. Tell her it's peculiar. No, I'm just kidding. You don't go to, to people and say the things, well, I just got to, you know, it, it, it's, this is a statement in the South, well, I just got to let them know what I feel. Well, go ahead and let them know what you feel, but you're going to get it back. There are times I feel things, but I know I have to stop it in my feeling. You see, a cheerful giver, they understand the nature of giving into the kingdom. Verse 10, now may he who supplies seed to the sower, the sower is the one who gives into the kingdom. And God will always supply because that's God's plan. From the very beginning, he called you and he gifted you for the greater purpose of giving away. Of giving that away. That is in everything of your life. If you want to get promotion, you want to get favor at work, then you give away first. You go the extra mile. You do the extra mile. Some of you that own small business, you hire somebody, they come in and they think they're the cock of the walk. And they're walking around and they're just like, Aww. you know, just like, 
Just, just like that. And they're doing nothing. They don't do anything for you. They don't do anything for your business. And then six months later, they're in your office asking for a raise. Really? If it doesn't work in the kingdom of God, it doesn't work in the world. Because God set it up. It is a system. Even though the world has ideology, the world has all their systems and the way that's what cosmos, that's what it is, the world's system. God's system overcomes the world's system. And when the world is doing this, but you are doing kingdom, the kingdom that you do, the sowing, it will meet you in the future and dismiss or destroy the work of the enemy in the world. But you have to be a giver. You have to be an extravagant giver. Hmm. Verse 10 again, now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food Supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Verse 11, while you are enriching in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. See, when, God, when you give, God gives you more seed. See, uh, uh, an extravagant giver is one that says every time they are blessed, their first question is, God, what do you want me to do with this? It's not about me. And let me give you a secret. Daddy God, Abba Father, sometimes says, go do something for yourself. I'm so proud of you. I love you. You're so cute. See, we got to put a face on Father God. We got to put a personality, not ours. We got to understand who he is. And you're living your life and you're defeating yourself by thinking, I've done this, look what I've done, look what happened, look at my kids, look at my grandkids, what happened, I tried this, I tried that. And the Lord's sitting up there, stop! Your gifts and calling is irrevocable. You are a dad, you are a mom, you're a grandpa, grandma. Let me tell you, stop! In Jesus' name, begin to pray for those kids and it'll turn around. Because when you're a happy, excited, extravagant giver, it will meet you in the future. You'll, your children might be <clears throat> right now. But if you become that extravagancy, and sometimes with children, extravagancy is giving tough love. Is loving your children, even though they're so rebellious, you want to drop kick them? but you love them anyways. But you have tough love. And the world says, well, just be their friends. Really? Because what are their friends doing? Come on. Come on. Farther and further away from the Lord. Just be their friend. No, you're their parent. Like a tomato plant, you're that, you're that stick that the plant will grow to without it, it'll go wild. You set the standard in love. Hmm. 
Proverbs 3, verse 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. I'm not manipulating the scriptures here, folks. This is not a get-rich-quick scheme. I'm not telling you, if you give in the offering today, you'll be a millionaire tomorrow. Like those commercials. Do this, and you'll be healthy tomorrow. Do this. No. Get out of that system and into God's system that you are gifted and you are called, and it's irrevocable. I see extravagancy in you. I see how many of you have been excited and extravagant in your giving. You're busy. Let me, let me just say this to you. I, 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 had, uh, I was with someone, and I was talking to them, and, and they were trying to, to uh, connect things, trying to, you know, this is happening, I'm doing this, this is happening, I'm doing this, it's not connecting. And, and so, so I began to talk to them, and, but I kept hearing from them, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. Have you ever been there? I'm so tired. And, and the Holy Spirit just went right at me and said to say this. You're not tired. You're just rebellious of what God had asked you to do. And because of that, you're tired. And he goes, What? So let me explain this. I said, you're feeling tired because there are things that God asked you to do, you didn't do it, and you did it your way. And because you did it your way, it cost you time and effort and money and pain and emotions and all kinds of stuff. I'd be tired too. But God said that if you will walk according to my ways, I will renew your strength. You can quote the same scripture. And he says, he says in that scripture, he says, you will be able to soar like the eagles. The Bible didn't say you're not going to face struggle and problems. The Bible says, if you will do it my way, if you will impart in my way your gifts and your abilities, your calling into the kingdom of God, it will always meet you in the future. Always meet you in the future. And if you will do things my way, by the way, there's a Sabbath there. You know, it's funny because um, last week at, at the club, I was at the club and, and uh, one guy walked in and said, man, Pastor Gary. I said, hey, how you doing, Rick? And, and he says, man, where you been? I said, well, I've been out of town dedicating the babies. He says, 
you've been out of town a lot. How do I become a pastor so I could take vacations all the time? I just laughed. I, you know, I know he was basically joking, but he wasn't. That always, that, you know, that stuff that goes, you know, and I want to stand up and say, would you hold this? Oops, and drop it on his foot, but I didn't. And, and, and the reality is, is that God says that we're to take Sabbath. We're to take time off. We are to do things. Now, we a lot of times take time off because we don't do it the right way. We take time off because of a need or being tired. How many of you ever come back from a vacation needed more time off? Yeah. But you were tired before and now you're more tired. Okay, that's not what it's all about. What it's all about is if you will... If you will do it my way, when you take time off, you are strengthened and you're able to get refreshing in your life. It's not, oh, I just got to get away. You know what happens when you just got to get away? You lose a lot of your seed. And it all goes back to becoming an excited, extravagant giver. When we do it God's way, the seed that you plant will always meet your future. When you give to the Lord, the effect of that is that God gives back to you and is committed in giving to givers and give more seed to give. Malachi 3, 10 through 12 says, bring all the tithes in the storehouse. There may be food in my house and try me now in this says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing, there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Now, remember what we're talking about, becoming an excited, extravagant giver. It says that all the people will call you blessed. It's not just talking about finances. It is talking about finances. But the kingdom reality is talking about you will be blessed. People will find favor. They will see favor and they will favor you. They will bless you. They will go above and beyond to be with you. They will take care of you. The Holy Spirit will speak to them even though they're ungodly and they will be a blessing to you. I mean, I just want to tell you, this is how it works. But we, we go out and someone, you know, uh, says something wrong and we just go all off on them. And we wonder why we don't have friends. See, if you come to me and bring all the tithes, God, God will open windows of heaven. That's what he says. And receiving blessings bigger than you. He said there's not, there's not going to be enough room to hold it. Oh, yeah, man, I'm going to have to have five bank accounts. Great. Praise the Lord. No. An extravagant giver understands that principle is that there will be so much, it will overflow. And the reason why that is, because that's seed for you to give away. 
And a lot of people think giving is, I'm losing. It's taken away from me, my retirement, me, 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 me. And I want to tell you, no, what's happening is when we really are extravagant givers, what will happen is it, our vats will overflow, but that's because we continue to give. He gives seed to the sower. He gives seed to the sower. Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. My cup runneth over. He wants to give you so much that there is too much, so you have to get rid of the stuff. You know what I found? This works a lot of times in relationships. Because there's a lot of people that I know, a lot of people I'm around. I, you know, I can't get close to a lot of people. The Bible tells you that. You know, I can't be buddy-buddy with everybody. But there's a lot of people that I know. You know what I find now? Is I got people that are a little bit lonely I'm ministering to that I'm connecting them with, with my buddies. I'm connecting them with friends. Hey, come over here, meet so-and-so. And after a while, they're going out for breakfast and they're hanging out and all the different things. Why is that? Because I'm giving away. I'm even giving friends away. And I just want to tell you, that's what it's all about. But you get people going, oh, I'm so lonely. And start singing a song, you know. They become a country singer. You know, start singing all this. And it's because they're not excited extravagant givers. And God says, this is how the kingdom works. I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't want a safe place. I want a kingdom place. God called me. God gifted me. And I give that away. Every one of my needs will be supplied. I don't depend on the government. I don't depend on you. I don't depend on my children. I don't depend on anybody. I depend on kingdom giving. I depend on the system of the kingdom of God in every area of my life. But again, everyone hear this, how God teaches it is through finances. Someone said a long time ago, if God has your wallet, he has everything about you. Now, when you give money to the kingdom, well, let me say this. The day you understand the living nature of giving, it will change the way you give. Now, when you give money to the kingdom, when you give friendly to the kingdom, when you give faith in the kingdom, you will be excited because it will not go kaboom or go to sleep. It will live and meet you in your future. Matthew 6, 19, 20, look at this. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break and steal. See, not only you will be blessed with overflowing on earth, it also will meet you in heaven when you give to God. Did you know that your seed in giving is, is going to be uh, meeting you in heaven? <laughs> I'm telling you what. There's some people I know when they go to heaven, they're going to be 
looking for food. Just kidding. <coughs> they're going to be invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb, but uh, they're going to have to wait for a sec. No, they're not going to have to do that. But I want to be blessed for eternity. That's what we're talking about here. It's not just talking about this earth. Well, you know, the pastor's up there. He's always asking for money. I do not. I don't. I'm asking you to live your life according to the kingdom of God. Your money is not my money. It's the kingdom's. And I will tell you, after all these years of being in ministry, the enemy, <laughs> you always have, you know, you always have the people that will say things like that, and you just want to, just like your kids want to drop kick them once in a while. You always have people that act that way, and 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 you look at that and you say, you know, that's so sad. And the thing is, they might be, quote, givers. But they're giving out of necessity. They're grudgingly giving. That doesn't bring blessing. That won't meet them in the future. How many of you know that grudgingly is not in heaven? Amen? How many of you know that poverty is not in heaven? See, all you have on earth, money, friends, fame, will all go up in smoke. God's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. By the way, in the end of September, I start a new series on Wednesday night on end times. We'll be talking about all that, the rapture, the millennial, antichrist, where do demons come from, what about the angels? All this stuff, we're going to talk about, but we're going to give you truth and not all the stuff that's out there on your blogs. And we're going to understand the reality that God's plan works. Matthew 6 tells you when you plant, you will receive harvest in the new heaven. Everything you have stored up in heaven won't rust, it won't be stolen, and you don't have to take insurance out for it either. But hear this, here your seed will, will meet your future in heaven, your seed will meet you there. It will always be there, it will always be alive. Let me conclude by telling you the second point and we're gonna begin talking about that next Sunday. The second key to becoming and being an extravagant, excited giver is understanding the loving nature of God. Next couple weeks, we're going to be talking about how amazing our God is. And when you are planting your seed, when you're returning your tithe, when you're giving offering, when you're friendly, when you go the extra mile for your neighbor, when you... Cut your neighbor's lawn because they're ill. 
And they say, well, let me pay you. No, that's okay. I don't need that. I just want you to know God loves you. And when you do that, you are a person who begins to understand the loving nature of God. That's not a, see, an excited, extravagant giver doesn't give so he can give back, get back. He already knows that. That's just normalcy. How many of you know it's normal to eat every day? Amen? And to most people, it's normal to take a shower every day. Amen. There's normal things of life. That's normal in the kingdom of God. What's abnormal is when people are always expecting something back because they're afraid someone will take advantage of them. They do the extra. The boss will come and say, hey, you know, I'd like you to come with me. What? Well, I need you to do this extra thing. What? What extra thing? What's in it for me? Nothing. You're an employee. Well, I don't know if I could do that. Where's the union boss? Amen? Here's what I'm saying to you. When you go the extra mile to the world, you might be looked at and even accused of being used. But when you understand the kingdom of God and you are doing it for the kingdom of God, let me just tell you, God in his loving nature, let me tell you this, in his loving nature will drop kick your boss for you. But you are a, gr- a giver. You are a lover of people. You do it because you want people saved. You want people born again. You want people healed. That's what you're all about. Amen. How many of you are excited about giving? Amen. Now, let me just close with this and let's all stand. I want you to look up the word extravagant. Yeah, we're going to talk about that later. But I want you to study before I teach it. I want you to look up the word extravagant. And I want you to compare the meaning of the word extravagant to where you're at in your life, in your excitement about giving. And I want you to not say, okay, well, how can I do this? How can I, how can I meet my neighbor? How can I do No, no, I want you then to sit down and say, God, I want to be extravagant. This is emotional for me. I want you to be extravagant. Say, God, I want to be that way. Show me how to do this. God, show me how to be extravagant in my friendliness. Some of you who are lonely, be extravagant in your friendliness. Some of you that, that um, are so overburdened through pain and suffering of arthritis, God, show me what can I do? I believe you're my healer, but what can I do in giving away so that others will be free of arthritis? See, that's the kingdom. 
You can't outgive God, that old saying. But the reality is, when you give in purpose of God, it'll always meet you in your future. There's never poverty in God's kingdom. There's never loneliness in God's kingdom. He already set it apart. I will never leave you nor forsake you. You're never alone. Pastor, I need, no. You need to give. And it will meet you in the future. Last thing, because I feel the Holy Spirit saying this. Some of you have had the experience of your walk with God by testing and seeing what happens. And a lot of times the enemy will bring you negativity so you stop doing the right thing. What I'm asking you to do is to stop that. And you do it because you're doing it for the kingdom. Not for instant gratification, but for future overflowing supply. Father, thank you for the word that you're giving this church. Lord, I thank you for the prophetic word that has been given to us this past week. In Jesus' name, Lord, as we allow that word, that prophetic word to sink into us, Lord, we want to shout it to the world. Shout it to the world. In Jesus' name, all is well. Honor your mother and your father that it may be well. Give that it may be well. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord, for blessing us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I love you all. Have an amazing day. God bless you.